Our featured mag of the day today is, of course, Take a Break magazine. And the gorgeous Donna Smiley joins us from the mag. Hello, Donna. Hiya. How are you? I'm very well this week, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. It's been been quite a long week. I'm looking forward to the re- weekend to relax. So, yeah, but it's been been very busy. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You know, it's it's sometimes you get a week where it just seems as if it's been really, really long. Yeah. And then so my weeks have been absolutely flying by, but I feel this week's been very long. Yeah, no, same. Yeah, the week's been flying past. It's scary though, isn't it? Like it's April, nearly May. Like, terrifying. Ah, terrifying. Going? I know, I know. <laughs> Do you know, I always used to say to my mum when I was a little girl, you know, why is it, you know, my birthday just seems so far away all yeah. the time. Your birthdays always seem so far away when you're a kid and then when you get mm. older... They come round far too quickly. No, they do. I was thinking that. I was like, oh, it's my birthday next month. So I was like, uh-oh. Oh, celebration. Scary. Yeah. Big party. Well, listen, yep. a big celebration here today because you're with us, Donna, and it's always a pleasure Yay. to have you on the programme. It really, <laughs> really you. is. And uh, obviously, the brand new copy of Take a Break magazine is out. It's mm-hmm. brilliant as ever. And we're going to start off with our first story. And it's the mother of all lies. Yep, so this one's a really good one. It's by a lady called Rachel. So the waiter placed a paint in front of Rachel and she felt her mouth begin to water, but it had nothing to do with the food. She was drooling over the vision sitting across the table from her. Rachel had met Dan on a dating website and he was everything she was looking for in a man. Kind, funny and with a body to die for. He told her he'd been in the SAS, but now he ran his own business. Like her, he was divorced with daughters and she reckoned that's why he got on so well with her three girls. She couldn't wait for them all to get to know each other. And as Christmas approached, she brought a bigger turkey than usual and extra vegetables, ready to welcome them to her home. But two days before Christmas, the phone rang and a shaky voice said, I've lost Ellie. Dan, I said, what are you talking about? My daughter Ellie, he replied, she's dead. Rachel clapped her hand to her mouth. Between sobs, Dan told her his teenage daughter and Ellie had taken an overdose. I'm so sorry, Rachel said. Is there anything I can do to help? No, he replied, but I'm afraid I won't be able to come for Christmas. Christmas arrived and Rachel spent most of it in tears, imagining how heartbroken Dan was. She offered to go to the funeral to offer him moral support, but he told her that his ex-wife would be there and he didn't want things to turn nasty. So Rachel waited at home for him to get in touch. She reckoned Dan would need a lot of time to come to terms with things, but just a few weeks later the doorbell rang and Rachel found him standing on her doorstep with a bunch of flowers and a grin on his face. There's something I need to ask you, he said. Then he got down on one knee and said, Will you marry me? For a moment, Rachel didn't know what to say. At last, she replied, It's a bit too soon, isn't it? After Ellie. Dan shook his head. With everything that's happened, I've realised I have to seize the day. Rachel thought about it and then she found herself nodding. It was all very sudden, but she knew that she loved Dan and wanted to be with him. Then a few days later, her cousin Joe came to see her. I need to tell you something, she said, and you're not going to like it. What is it? Rachel asked. I did a bit of digging, she continued. I can't find a record of Dan anywhere. I've even looked for news about Ellie's death, but there's no record of any fu- any funeral. What are you poking your nose in for, Rachel said. I'm worried, Joe replied. There's something up with him. Rachel was furious, but after she'd gone through what she thought about and she started to wonder. So next time she saw Dan, she told him what Joe had said. His expression clouded and he said, What kind of sicko do you think I am? If you really think I'm capable of this, we shouldn't be together. Suddenly Rachel felt terrible. You're right, she said. I'm really sorry. Dan was a decent person. There was no way he'd lie about something so tragic. And when she met his mum, Kath, she confirmed it. We miss Ellie, she said, but we have to move forward. Luckily, Dan and Rachel were able to put the misunderstanding behind them and they began to plan their wedding. They booked a venue and Rachel paid a £500 deposit. 
Then she brought pink bridesmaids dresses for her youngest daughters, Freya and Eva, and Kath and Dan came with her to shop for a wedding dress. When she slipped on a long white gown, Kath clapped her hands together and said, I can't wait for the big day. Before long, the pair of them had all but moved into her place in Cardiff. At first, Kath was sleeping on a block bed in her living room floor, but she was 69, so Rachel gave her her bed. It wasn't ideal, but Rachel wanted Dan and his mum to be happy. But soon after, there was a huge row. Her daughter Jess started giving Dan and her some lip. It wasn't like her, and Dan said, Show your mum some respect. You've got a nerve, she snapped back at him, after what you've done to her. I had no idea what she was talking about, so I took her outside and said, What's going on? I'm sorry, Jess said, but I saw messages on Dan's phone from a dating site. He's cheating on you. Rachel's stomach turned over. She went inside and said to Dan, We need to talk. She took him for a walk beside a little brook out near the house and said, Have you been on dating site? He looked horrified. I swear I haven't, he said. He started getting worked up and then he threw his phone in the brook. It was such an extreme reaction that she felt sure Jess had got things wrong. Back at home, she said, I knew you wouldn't believe me, so I took this. She pulled out her phone and showed her mum a picture of Dan's mobile. Sure enough, on the screen were messages from the dating site Plenty of Fish. Dan looked at Rachel and said, I haven't been well. I truly busted, haven't I? Her mouth flapped open. She said, you what? And then Rachel saw red. She knew it was wrong, but she was so cross she lashed out and lamped him on the cheek. During the commotion, Kath had crept upstairs, but now she reappeared and said, he needs to go to the hospital. She watched as she loaded some bags into the car and the pair of them drove off. Rachel waited for them to come back, but hours passed and there was no sign of them. Eventually, she realised they'd gone for good. She was furious, but she also felt foolish. Dan had been cheating on her and she had no idea why, but there was worse to come. When Rachel started cleaning her bedroom, she found a pension slip. However, the name on the slip was not Kathleen Mitchell, but Kathleen McCoo. It didn't make any sense, so she fired up her laptop and began investigating. She discovered that Kath was living with someone called Darren. After a bit more research, she tracked down Darren's ex-wife, and what she told her left her reeling. Her ex-partner, ex-husband Darren, was her Dan, but he'd never been in the SAS and he didn't have a daughter, let alone one who died. Her cousin Joe was right, Dan had lied about everything. Despite her shock, she was determined to have it out with him. So she called him and says, just come over, we can sort this out. I've been with other women, he replied, you deserve better than me. Then he hung up. That night, Rachel set up a Facebook page warning other women about Dan, and it wasn't long before she started to get a response. She wasn't the only woman who Darren had duped. He tricked them, at least four women, telling various lies about his life and using different names. One woman knew him as Darren and had been engaged to him while he was also engaged to her. He was speaking with her this week and weekends with her and her family. He and Kath had even spent Christmas with her. It beggared belief. Dan had faked a dead daughter because he double-booked himself on Christmas Day and his mum had been in on it. She called him by his fake name and backed up all his lies. She hadn't slipped up once, it was performance worthy of an Oscar. Now I'm trying to forget about Dan, but I want to warn other women about him and his mum. Their lies will leave you shattered. Don't fall for them. Oh my goodness, you can't believe that somebody would make up such horrible lies. But I know. You know, but to lie about I know. A, a dead daughter is just... That's just sick, isn't it? It's, it's like, really sick. They really didn't even have sick. a daughter. It's like, how, how could the mum go along with it as well? You thought she'd have told him to come, you know, confess up and don't say that. But well, the thing is, you would think that a mother would turn around and be absolutely disgusted by her son yeah, and, of course. and warn the women that he's, he's trying to dupe. But that's yeah, just dreadful. No. Um,
absolutely it is dreadful, dreadful. Donna. I know. <laughs> oh, the poor wee oh, thing. Dear. I hope she gets better soon. Me too. And um, yeah, doesn't doesn't meet anybody like no, Dan again. Definitely scary, not. isn't it? <laughs> Very much so. Listen, let's move on to our next story from this week's Take a Break magazine. And it's, but I can't give birth now. Yep, this is a bit of a happy one, so it's by a lady called Victoria. Victoria noticed something twinkling inside her little daughter's chubby hand and thought she was seeing things. What have you got there, sweetheart, she said. Then she realised that her boyfriend Gordon was down on one knee and suddenly the penny dropped. He'd given their daughter a diamond ring to hand to her. Just as well she didn't eat it, Victoria laughed. And yes, I will marry you. They booked a hotel for ten months later and she knew exactly where she wanted to go on honeymoon, Walt Disney in Florida. But weeks after, something odd happened. When the smell of cooking started to turn her stomach, she thought, hmm, I wonder. She bought a pregnancy test, took it to the bathroom and watched as two white lines appeared. Oh, heck, she said. She was thrilled at the prospect for little brother or sister for Lily May 1. But with eight months until the wedding, it didn't take Carol Vorderman to work out the potential clash of dates. Next day, her GB confirmed that she was six and a half weeks pregnant. In fact, the baby was due the day of, they were due off to fly on their honeymoon. She decided not to panic. The flight was three weeks after the wedding day and could be rearranged. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it, she told Gordon. Her only concern was how she'd find a dress that suited her bump. Victoria went to a bridal shop with her mum, Dawn, and explained her situation to the sales assistant. She went over to the rail of pretty frocks and picked out a stunning strapless number with a full skirt that could hide a multitude of sins, including a very rounded tummy. She slipped it on, and when she came out from the curtain, her mum gasped. You look beautiful, she said. Best of all, she didn't even look pregnant. It was a dress for her. As the wedding plans came together, they also found out they were having a girl. But at 30 weeks, she noticed she couldn't feel the baby move and she began to panic. Victoria went to hospital and they told her she'd have to come in every day to be monitored. Five days before the wedding, she went for her daily checkup. By now, she was 36 weeks gone with a bump to match. The doctor said, Victoria, your waters have already broken. She was stunned. She'd had a few leaks, but thought it was just had a weakened pelvic floor. You're going to need to be induced, the doctor went on. I'll book you in for two days' time. But I'm getting married on Saturday, she said. The doctor said, sorry, you can't wait that long, and the induction process may take two days. Victoria found the wedding venue, but it was too late to cancel and get her money back. She said to Gordon, maybe I can just nip out of hospital between contractions, say my vows and get back. Gordon said, yes, maybe. But his face told a different story. Two days later, she returned to Hull Royal Infirmary. She was given the induction drugs and the hours ticked by. Nothing happened. She watched the clock anxiously, hoping for progress. The following morning, she finally started contractions, but they were few and far between. As the hours went on, she thought, get a move on. It was only when the sun began to sit outside that midwife said, you're ready to go into the delivery suite. There she pushed as if her wedding depended on it. And then she heard a little cry and the midwife held up a daughter. She weighed £7.15 ounces and they called her Mia Rose. The midwife placed her on her chest and a fuzzy feeling spread throughout her body. Gordon says she's beautiful, and she was. But once she'd drunk in their special moment, she turned to the midwife and said, Is there any way I'll be out of here by tomorrow? The midwife looked stunned and said, If she carries on as she is, we'll have you out by then. Mia Rose and her were in excellent health, but the next day they had to wait as various doctors and nurses checked on them. Victoria was finally discharged at 5pm. As soon as she got home, she packed a bag, and within it, Mia Rose and her were off to the hotel where the wedding was taking place. The following morning, her alarm went off at 5am. She felt a bit sore, but she took a couple of painkillers and thought, nothing is getting in the way of me in this wedding. Then there was... Sorry, there was a knock at the door, and when she answered, the stylist was there. As she did her makeup, she held on to Mia Rose while a photographer snapped away. It felt a little bit surreal. 
Her ankles were still swollen, she had a bump, but in just a couple of hours she'd be walking down the aisle. Victoria slipped on her wedding dress and as she surveyed herself in the mirror she thought, you never know that I'd just given birth. Mum, her mum got Mia Rose into a beautiful white dress and finished off her look with a pink headband. Later in the morning, a midwife checked Mia Rose and then it was time. As she walked down the aisle, she beamed with happiness. She was marrying the man of her dreams and she'd given birth to, birth to a beautiful baby girl, all within two days. She felt like the luckiest woman in the world. And while they said their vows, Mia Rose was passed around the congregation who cooed over her. After the ceremony, they sat down for a three-course meal, but Victoria couldn't eat as she still felt a bit sick and woozy. Still, she manages a couple of glasses of champagne and they hit the dance floor for a boogie. Everyone kept saying that they couldn't believe she'd had a baby because she looked so fresh-faced. Then they all went outside to watch fireworks. Luckily, Mia Rose slept through the excitement. That night, they put Mia Rose down in her crib and collapsed exhausted into bed. Next day, Victoria had to go straight off to register Mia Rose's birth, then to the passport office in Liverpool to get her a passport. Three weeks later, they travelled to Florida on their honeymoon and it made it all the more special that Mia Rose was with them. Now she's five months old and thriving. Victoria's so happy she was there to share their special day. Oh, isn't that lovely? It's that, cute. Yeah, it is, yeah. It's really, really cute. And, uh, you know, I thought it's, it's so lovely that, that she was actually at the wedding. I know. I mean, she looks so adorable. She, she would have been there anyway, sort yeah. of Tommy. But um, it's just so lovely. It really is. It I is love cute. ending in a good story. I really Yeah, me do. too. <laughs> Listen, Donna, it's been fabulous talking to you today. It really has. So thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's been lovely. Now, obviously, if anybody wants to get the current issue of Take a Break magazine, they can. It's out on the shelves as we speak but you can also take a look online you've got a fully accessible website have you got the web address sure it's www.takeabreak.co.uk fabulous donna right. have a great weekend and we'll Thank speak you to you again too. really soon here in rnib connect okay. radio take care bye-bye bye